Alabama voters spoke and their answer shocked the country. And now the ripple effects from the Deep South to the White House. Plus, is Robert Mueller's Russia investigation on thin ice right now? This is the State of America tonight. We have come so far. The people of Alabama have spoken. This president has a moment of reckoning today. Any Republican should have won that seat by double digits. The biggest factor was huge African-American turnout. Steve Bannon put himself in a position to be kingmaker. He lost. He looks like some disheveled drunk that wandered onto the political stage. Lawmakers now have their hands on this thick stack of text messages. These text messages prove high-ranking FBI officials were personally invested in the outcome of the election. The special counsel is conducting himself consistently with our understanding about the scope of his investigation. Hello, everyone. I'm Kate Baldwin, live in New York. To our viewers watching around the world, this is State of America tonight. What the heck happened last night in Alabama? And CNN projects Doug Jones, the Democrat. He will be the next United States senator from Alabama. He beats Roy Moore in this really, really exciting contest. A Democrat winning a Senate seat in a ruby red state in the deep, deep south. That's like saying pigs are flying, hell is freezing over, and there is snow in July. It doesn't happen. It hasn't happened there in a quarter century, but it just did. And what does it all mean? Well, it depends on who you are talking to. To the Democrat who won, it is the start of a new era. Alabama has been at a crossroads. We have been at crossroads in the past. And unfortunately, we have usually taken the wrong fork. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, you took the right road. So that is Doug Jones, heading to victory thanks to big turnout among African-American voters in the state, young voters in the state, and suburban moms voting in the state. A victory, I did say. How is that victory being viewed by his, by his opponent? Not a victory at all. When the vote is this close, that it's not over. And we still got to go by the rules about this recount provision. And that's what we've got to do, is wait on God and let this process play out. Yeah, what you don't hear there is Roy Moore conceding the race. Seriously, despite the fact that Doug Jones gave that victory speech, that the state Republican Party said that Doug Jones is the winner, the president and the two sitting Republican senators from that state say Jones is the winner. And this from the Republican official in charge of the election in Alabama. Do you essentially expect uh, that barring some shocking development. Uh, Do you expect anything other than uh, Mr. Jones being the next senator from the state of Alabama? I would find that highly unlikely to occur. Despite all of that, the embattled Republican candidate is still not giving up, not riding off into the sunset, despite his preferred mode of transportation, as I've obsessed over. Where is sassy when you need her? Seriously. So, How then does the president of the United States view this big loss for his party? Remember, he went all in for Roy Moore when the rest of the party did not, even traveling down south to campaign for Roy Moore. Get out and vote for Roy Moore. 
Well, now it's honestly not clear how the president views this result. In a tweet last night, he declared soberly a win is a win. Then in a tweet today, he tried to make the case that he, Donald Trump, is on the right side of history with Roy Moore worked hard, but the deck was stacked against him. And then this afternoon, President Trump tried to downplay the whole thing. A lot of Republicans feel differently. They're very happy with the way it turned out. But I would have, uh, as the leader of the party, I would have liked to have had the seat. So what then is the view of all the Republicans who broke from party ID and refused to endorse their party's candidate? You could almost hear the hallelujahs ringing through the Senate hallways this morning. I know we're supposed to cheer for our side of the aisle, if you will, but um, I'm really, really happy with what happened for all of us uh, in our nation, for people serving in the Senate um, to not have to deal with what likely we were going to have to deal with uh, should the outcome have been the other way. So that's Bob Corker, and he views a, a Republican. He views this as dodging a bullet. Democrats see it very clearly, though, as a much-needed vote for their side. Doug Jones will be the duly elected senator from the state of Alabama. The governor didn't appoint him. He won an election. It would be wrong for Senate Republicans to jam through this tax bill without giving the newly elected senator from Alabama the opportunity to cast his vote. So that's all the politicians. That, <laughs> that's all the politicians speaking there. As for the rest of us political junkies in America and beyond, this result means one thing, at least. 2018 just got a whole lot more interesting. You could say Democrats have a chance at winning the majority in 2018 and not be laughed out of a room of smart people. <laughs> uh, that does not mean it is the likeliest outcome, because it's not. Uh, you still have 26 Democratic seats up. You only have eight Republican seats up. Of that 26, 10 of those Democratic seats are in states that Donald Trump carried. Except a Democrat just won in Alabama last night. Exactly. So, speaking of party affiliation, that's pretty much the main was pretty much the main issue today when the number two at the Justice Department faced a brutal grilling on Capitol Hill. Not about anything that he, Rod Rosenstein, has done, but rather what the special counsel, Robert Mueller, has done. Rosenstein is the official who appointed Mueller to take on the investigation into Russian meddling in the election and any Trump campaign involvement. Here is how this hearing began. We are now beginning to better understand the magnitude of this insider bias on Mr. Mueller's team. These text messages prove what we all suspected. High-ranking FBI officials involved in the Clinton investigation were personally invested in the outcome of the election and clearly let their strong political opinions cloud their professional judgment. Republicans on the committee laser-focused on what they perceive as widespread bias among the Mueller team, bias against Donald Trump, a bias they say they see more and more evidence of now after some 375 text messages were, re were revealed and released overnight. Text messages between one of Mueller's former top investigators, Peter Strzok, and an FBI lawyer that he was in a relationship with. Her name's Lisa Page. This all happened during the election. In these text messages, they call Trump an idiot, a loathsome human, and Strzok also calls Trump's potential victory in the election terrifying. When the Justice Department learned of these messages, Strzok was yanked off the Mueller team over the summer, but today Rosenstein was the one who had to answer for it. My question to you is, how with a straight face can you say that this group of Democrat partisans are unbiased and will give President Trump a fair shake? 
We recognize we have employees with political opinions, and it's our responsibility to make sure those opinions <clears throat> do not influence their actions. And despite growing calls from Republicans that Mueller be fired or at least a second special counsel be named, the deputy attorney general did not budge. Have you seen good cause to fire special counsel Mueller? No. Thank you. If you were ordered today to fire Mr. Mueller, what would you do? So I've explained previously, I would follow the regulation. If there were good cause, I would act. If there were no good cause, I would not. And you've seen no good cause so far? Correct. A little bit of politics at play in that hearing? Hmm, crazy, to say the least. A little bit of politics at play with everyone's reaction to the Alabama election? Absolutely. But one area where there really isn't any politics at play is here. Congressman Mo Brooks. He had actually hoped to win that Senate seat in Alabama himself. He lost in the primary, and he announced today that may have saved his life. Had I won, I would not have had time for my physical and PSA test. I would not have had a prostate biopsy. I would not now know about my high-risk prostate cancer that requires immediate surgery. In retrospect, and paradoxically, Losing the Senate race may have saved my life. Yes, God does work in mysterious ways. No kidding. And no kidding, a much-needed dose of perspective from a very surprising place today. A politician speaking on the floor of the House. Thank you, Congressman. Thank you very much, and good luck with your recovery. We leave that there because we all need, of course, to then get back to the business at hand, which is a big dose of politics today. Up next, we're going to go behind the scenes of the Democrats' big upset last night in Alabama. How did Doug Jones win? How did Roy Moore lose? And what does it all mean for the balance of power in Washington? The stunning conclusion to one of the most stunning Senate races in years. And it was a special one. I mean, it was special, and I also called it special. The Democrat pulled off a victory in Alabama, people. The voters rejecting scandal-plagued Republican Roy Moore and the horse he rode in on. The panel tonight, I had to get one last in because I can't use it again. Nan Hayworth, former Republican congresswoman from New York, and, of course, a board member of the Independent Women's Forum. Bob Cusack is editor-in-chief at The Hill Publication. Mary Catherine Hamm is a CNN political commentator and senior writer at The Federalist. And Peter Biner is a CNN political commentator and contributing editor at The Atlantic. Um, so, yesterday, I had everyone say, what's the headline going to be tomorrow? And everyone was like, Roy Moore wins. I mean, it's, I, mean if, like, I made them all make a prediction because I know we all have just stopped. What the heck happened last night? You lay it out. Oh, a lot happened. Um, <laughs> it's sort of hard to understate. It is a special election, so when we do special elections, we don't want to extrapolate too much. That's right. um, but this is Alabama. Um, and a couple things happened. You saw black turnout looking like 2012 levels in exit polling. When there was, when there was Barack Obama, <laughs> Barack Obama on the ballot running. and it's a, a, national, uh, a presidential election. You had tw- some 23,000 write-ins by people who were probably moderate Republicans. Uh, someone like me probably would have been a write-inner uh, in this race. <laughs> and I think that's what you're seeing in Virginia and now in Alabama, of so unlikely, is that these exurbs, suburban, often college-educated women uh, are being turned into sort of independent voters and or beginning to lean left when the Republicans could have had them. And that that spells disaster in the future. Well, and there's so many things that happened last night, which is, I mean, you actually did a perfect job of summing up. But one of the things that I want to know, though, is how after everything that happened last night, how the president went all in despite the fact that 
His political director told him not to. Every other Republican told him not to, basically. How does he now spin this one as, I was right all along, I'm on the right side of history? Well, the president already has, of course, Kate. He said, well, you know, that's why I supported Luther Strange. Yes. And, and the president and was right, right about that. No, but remember president what he said right when that. he went down for the Luther Strange rally. He said, yes. I might be making a mistake right. by doing <laughs> this. Right. Because, because right. the, the president does like to be right, and he frequently <laughs> is right. No, 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 wait, man. And he was come right back about Luther come Strange. Come back to Earth. Not right here. Not right. Well, this fits in the category but, of not right. But when, he, but when he went down to campaign for Luther Strange, Luther Strange, he said, Luther Strange is the one who's going to be able to win a general election. I'm telling you, Roy Moore can't. Well, he was right about that. Three elections, three months. Trump is weighed in on, and he's on the wrong side of them. Luther Strange, lost. Ed Gillespie, lost. Roy Moore, loses. I mean... I mean but I don't, I, I don't see... I mean, Roy Moore, this special, I think Mary Catherine's point is very well taken about uh, the kind of electorate that we have to be concerned about. Uh, you're exactly right. But I do think that a different Republican... Like, and Luther Strange, I don't think, would have lost suburban women. Bad. Right, very special. <laughs> right, <laughs> Luther Strange would not have lost suburban Republican women in Alabama. What do you think made the difference? Was it the allegations against mm-hmm. Roy Moore? Was it a rebuke of Donald Trump? Was it the past things that Roy Moore said? Was it Doug Jones was a good candidate? It's all about, but it's more, what was it about Roy Moore that was most distasteful? Yeah, Republicans lost this race. I mean, Doug Jones is not a really conservative Democrat compared to like decades ago, but it was the write-ins. I mean, that made the difference right there mechanically. I think it was certainly uh, the harassment allegations that a lot of people just couldn't, you know, he said some crazy things before, but Donald Trump has said some crazy things before, and, and people weren't ashamed to vote for Trump here. They were ashamed to vote for more. Um, and can I just, let's call it the elephant in the room. Roy Moore still has not conceded. I just don't, like, I don't He's get it. He's waiting for a sign from God. What, I mean, yes, right. he is. Literally, that is right. what he said. God has not called it. No, right. he has not called right. it. I mean, there, does that change anything about where this is going right now at the moment? No, I don't think it changes <laughs> anything. I, I think that the, the, the mo- one of the most important takeaways here is about the power of journalism. Um, it was the Washington Post's shoe-leather reporting which ultimately led, I think, to Roy Moore losing. Even with the horrific stuff that Roy Moore had done before, saying that a Muslim should not be allowed to be in Congress, right. um, for instance, I think he would have won the race uh, fairly easily. It certainly would have won, given how conservative Alabama is. It was, the, it was good journalism done that exposed important facts, not because the Washington Post was trying to kill Roy Moore, but because it found a good story and reported it that ultimately led to this shift. Uh, what can, The RNC in this, mm-hmm. what do they say today? They were in it, then they got out of it when everything I mean, came they, out, they and made, then they went back in. It's just so classically GOP to make the right decision and get out and then like actually make yourself worse, look worse than having stayed He's in the bad. whole time by jumping back in. Um, I actually know uh, some young Republicans who saw that move and were like, I don't actually know if I'm in this party anymore, when they saw them actively jump back in. And I think there is a generational shift going on. There were many of my younger conservative friends who were yeah. texting last night very glad that this tendency was repudiated. Look, a guy like Moore, he, Moore himself has underperformed other Republicans in Alabama in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to give it up a little bit for the GOTV by Democrats because yeah, they definitely. really did uh, some good work on the ground. But he's always underperformed. I think what we need to fight in the future, if the GOP would like to win, uh, is the tendency to pick a Moore, right? Mm-hmm. That guy is going to have some bombshells either in the things he says or in the things he's done in his past. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the tendency to pick that candidate in the future is going to 
lose you a bunch of sentences. <laughs> that means also, what does that mean for Steve Bannon? Oh, let's get to that in one second. Coming up, how does the president's gamble and loss on supporting more impact his agenda in the year ahead, impact the Senate immediately, and also 2018? Oh, let's discuss. We'll be right back. a wake-up call for Democrats. Your Democrats, and I told Mr. Jones this, and I love Doug, they've taken the black vote and the poor vote for granted for a long time. It's time for them to get off their ass and start making life better for black folks and people who are poor. That was former professional basketball star and Alabama native Charles Barkley not holding back on what he thinks last night means for Democrats going forward. He was actually answering a question of what should the message be for Donald Trump, and he had a message for Democrats, his party, going forward. So what does last night mean for Democrats? What does last night mean for Republicans? What does last night mean for you and me? Or I'm obviously going too far there. Um, Donald Trump's agenda. He says it's going to have no effect on this result today. Overnight is not going to have an effect on his agenda. You say, Bob? Uh, tax reform is not going to be effective because he won't be seated until the, uh, after the holidays. So I think they'll pass tax reform next week, even though Democrats want him seated now. It's not going to happen. But for repealing and replacing Obamacare in a big sense, no chance that happens in 2018. And then because of the 2018 election, I mean, Obamacare as a law, I know administratively they can kind of torpedo it. Mm-hmm. It's been pretty resilient. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be with us for a while. So in short... It does affect his agenda. Now he's got 51 instead of 52 in the, in, the, in the next year. But what does this mean for the Republican Civil War? What does this, is Steve Bannon declawed? He lost again, so, but still says, the crusade lives on. Yeah, well, in the, in, like, there's, in the world of Bannons, you can't lose. Like, you just go, well, McConnell ruined it. And everybody's like, okay, great, we hate McConnell. Like, I, need to, I need to work on that mentality a little more. No, I think it'll work out pretty so, really well. No, but, so the, the question becomes whether Republican primary voters reckon with the fact that Trump can act a certain way yeah. and get away with it to some extent and become the president of the United States of America, however unlikely. But a Roy Moore, who's sort of doing the same kind of stuff, cannot get away with it, even in Alabama, uh, and if you continue to pick the Trumpiest or the most outrageous candidate on the ground, it's not going to serve Is you. Is it also right? in a strange way, like, remember how Obama was really great at getting himself elected and he could never get anyone else elected? Is, are we seeing this in just, like, a Republican way now? Yeah, but I think the problems are deeper than that, which is the question is, what do Republicans actually believe out there in the country, right? I mean, I think that the, what we've seen was Donald Trump showed that some of the things that people thought were the kind of bedrock of what it meant to be a Republican were not actually the bedrock for ordinary folks. That more and more what ordinary grassroots Republicans seem to be more driven to than anything else is resentment against America's changing cultural, racial, religious identity, right? And uh, there's a very, very, very fine line that Donald Trump walks back and forth almost every day between that and outright bigotry, right? Now, the question, can Republicans, other Republicans actually stay on the right side of that line? Roy Moore sure couldn't, and I think a lot of them have followed Donald Trump to the dismay of some conservative elites way past that line, especially when it comes to American Muslims. I would also say, with Charles, just to Charles Barkley's point, I think there is a real, a, there is a real message from last night as well to Democrats. Democrats absolutely can and should be celebrating, but this is, as he said, for far too long, Democrats have taken the African American vote for absolutely. granted, absolutely. and we show we're showing you our power. Don't do it again. Do you think Democrats learned that message? 
Uh, well, there's there, there's the politics and there's the policy. I, you know, I'm a Republican because I believe that there actually is a policy portfolio that benefits every American, including particularly Americans who uh, may have been born with a disadvantage, either you know per- perceived or real. And yeah. in all too many cases, it is real. This president is already putting Americans back to work because he has instituted smart policies that his Democratic colleagues are pretty much incapable of doing. He has actually cut regulations. That has empowered uh, enterprise, small and large. That's an important step forward. A million Americans are back to work now because of those advances. There's a right size of government. The Democrats want to empower much larger government that doesn't make sense. It is wasteful. It takes away jobs. I'll say this, though. The size of government was not the issue here. I mean, that it was in no way was that part of the conversation. What is this? What is overnight is part of that? What does overnight mean for 2018? Do you think it is now a toss up if if they could if Democrats could take control of the House or Senate? Well, I mean, far more likely the House. Um, But now a year ago. No one was thinking because the map for 2018, close. no one's even talking about that. Now, is it possible? Yes, it's possible. And talking to some Republicans, they think it's at least 50-50 they lose the House. That is crazy pants. That is a technical political term. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Sessions, how nervous should he be today? Like, I mean, no matter what, he's going to take the blow. Like oh, I, yeah. Like, no well, matter what. My, one of my favorite things about the Trump presidency is that even among liberals, Trump has managed to be so mean to Jeff Sessions as to make him, like, improbably sympathetic like, to bad. most people. <laughs> and he will probably continue that. Jeff, yeah. we feel for you, buddy. <laughs> Don't worry. Great to see you guys. Thanks so much. Thank Day 328 of President Trump's administration. That's the State of America. Tonight, 328. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.